1: love that music so happy (laughs) welcome gary how well to savvy's unleash your story we're so grateful to have you here today you're going to talk about your wonderful book and boy you have a lot to share with the audience you've gone uh through through your own tribulations and healing recently uh the name of your book healing strategies to overcome pain and loss regain control of your life and uh you know this is now i was wondering i saw here that you are a coach a Numa coach what is that well numa
0: pneuma is a greek word that means spirit or life and so what in my coaching i like to breathe life into people because i'm i'm a i am i am I come from a positive place uh, my my peers all call me gary poppins because i always think everything can work out okay so uh yeah pneuma is just breathing life into someone
1: yeah i was like i wasn't sure the, 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 the yeah i've pneuma never was, heard it though actually yeah yeah did you kind of make it up or did you like go into the Greek alphabet and go like, hmm. yeah, well, uh, no. <laughs> I have
0: a I have a theology background, too. So that's a Greek word. And so uh, when you're doing theology, you're involved in the Greek. And I just knew that it means wind, breath, life, spirit. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought that that's kind of summates what I do. Yeah.
1: That's so cool. Now, when you were studying theology, did you also learn Hebrew and everything? And, and learn uh, You know,
0: I hated learning the languages. So, you know, <laughs> there were smarter guys that went before me and wrote books. <laughs> so I'll do fo- that. Yeah. I focused on different things. So I would just look up what a Greek scholar said. It said. And uh, I mean, you got to dabble in it a little bit, but it was like that wasn't my favorite classes. No.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what brought you actually the, the full uh, title is a little white casket and then uh, the subtitle but what what brought you to write this book it sounds a little grim when i first got the book sent yeah. over to me and i saw the casket i was like oh, that sounds fun what, what what brought you to write your book
0: and in light of that i mean uh, the title is just the eye catcher the the really <laughs> content of a book is the subtitle which is you know how to how to go from grief pain and loss to hope and and healing mm. well, so i so my daughter uh, the, the book's more than just about me. It's all about a lot of people I've worked with, a lot of the counseling mm-hmm. sessions, but everybody suffers grief. And, and I kept telling my story a lot of places and people kept saying, you know, you need to tell your story at yeah. a larger scale. And so I wanted to let people, you know, I've had two daughters pass away mm-hmm. and how do we, how do you navigate through that? And how can you endure that and still find healing? How can you have a, how can you have an, a positive outlook when you go through that? And it's possible. So I wanted to mm-hmm. share that with people.
1: You know that that's phenomenal for me. I had read that in your in your bio, and I thought, you know, so many parents when they lose a child sometimes can never get over it. Like they yeah. stay stuck in that moment from the moment that their child was lost, and it's so huge. How did you begin to go through that grief and work your way out to the other end?
0: Yeah, uh, well, it takes um, it takes intention. You know, uh, one of the myths is that time heals all wounds, and I'm not sure that's true. Mm. I, I Maybe for a lesser point of grief, it does, but for something really traumatic, it it takes a lot of work and a lot of intention to achieve happiness. And so it's a mindset thing. You know, I can I can mm. focus on the negative, or I can say I'm going to work through this. Uh, uh, death is common to everyone. You know, we're so spoiled in this generation. A hundred years ago, death was common to every family all the time. You know, yeah. people, women died in childbirth, and mm. young babies died. And So we've been kind of spoiled in, in this generation we live in where mm-hmm. we don't really experience death much. And so that's yeah. why people really just don't know how, what the process is to grieve through it.
1: You know, that's interesting you say that. I, I think kind of our culture has become spoiled on many fronts. I oh, mean, absolutely, yeah. things become so easy that yeah. when any bit of tribulation from a sickness that comes about or a lost job or kids even going off to college, uh, often people just fall apart. And uh, what is your take on why that is today? I mean, I'm thinking maybe playing some part in to how convenient and easy maybe modern life is. But we have a
0: take? cure for everything, you know, and yes. we have an answer for everything. So it really just, it's easy. There's not a whole lot of work involved, you know? Um, so uh, it sounds a little morbid when I first said that, but life is really a series of learning how to grieve. You know, you grieve when you finish your teenage years, you grieve the fact mm-hmm. that now I'm an adult, you know, you get married, you have kids and you grieve an empty nest. Uh, mm-hmm. You Then at a certain age, you start losing parents and you, and so, once you learn how to grieve, you realize grieving is a, is a normal process in the, in the human experience. I used to, because uh, I knew what it was like to have pain. And so I used to, in my coaching and counseling, I would try to keep people, I hated to watch people suffer and grieve. So I tried to help them keep from that until I realized suffering, it has a purpose to it. You know, yes. uh, in fact, in the in the religious world, there is a theology of suffering where sometimes you don't appreciate things in life until you have suffered. You have to suffer to to get to a point. You know, mm-hmm. it uh, it totally reorganizes your perspective a lot of times. So, uh, you know, I, I, I realized I can't keep people from suffering. I can help mm-hmm. them navigate through it and learn mm-hmm. the lessons they're supposed to learn. That's kind of where where I am when it comes to grief counseling.
1: Yeah, you know, and that makes so much sense. I remember many years ago being in this uh, spiritual slash psychology retreat, and they'd have us go through childhood stuff and whatever, whatever. And you know, as we're in this group together, it's very, you know, private and confidential. Mm. But you know, people would break down because they're sharing really intimate things of trials they've gone yeah. through, and uh, you know, all you want to do when you see someone really upset, you want to go with, it, oh no, and and the, the psychologist is like, nope, don't let them. They just would silently hand them the tissue. Yeah, because when it, you do that, yeah. you
0: stop mm-hmm. them in the grieving process. You know, I did that to my wife. So husbands, one of the misses that uh, we grieve the same. Well, husbands and wives grieve different. So I would see my wife cry. So I had to be strong because I didn't want her to see me cry. Mm-hmm. And then I would, I would go in. Sometimes I'd come home from work, and she'd be sitting there in the bedroom and kind of rocking the chair, holding the baby's clothes. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go into my best, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, get her to laugh, <laughs> pull her out of the room, you know. Yeah, yeah. What I realized is that I I um stifled her grieving process, you know. I, I kept her from going through what she had to go through, so I actually <laughs> extended it for her in my attempt to help, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. and we do
0: that, we do that because yeah. we're compassionate, empathetic people.
1: Yeah, I mean who likes to see someone in suffer mode yeah. it's not nice. Now, what was amazing to me is you told me that right after um the, your book went out—a little white casket—that you realized, oh my gosh, you got diagnosed with cancer. So
0: yeah, I like mean, what been- a perfect
1: timing, not. Uh, but how did this help you? You know what you've written. Did it help you through your own grief and? Well, I, through- I,
0: I first realized how ironic it was, you know, <laughs> <It> was <laughs> and like- now I'm like, I have to put my theories in my uh, to to the test, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not just for everybody else. And so I knew that doing this it would also make interviews like this important that, you know, this stuff really does work. And I, so it, it becomes a mindset either way. You know, yeah. uh, I can sit around and feel sorry for myself, or I can say mm-hmm. I'm going to work through this. And, and there, there are statistics that say a, mm-hmm. a person who's positive, they have a higher rate of healing. They have a higher rate of going from grief to to, he, to hope. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so when I realize that I'm like, that's, that's my obligation. No one's going to do it for me. You know, and it doesn't matter who comes alongside and and says all the you know. Uh, there's an area in the book where I talk about people who try to help. Sometimes, uh, if you need to help somebody, it's just going and sitting next to them and being quiet. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell me, you know, God needed a little rose in heaven and all of some of that stuff. Really, I know you're trying to help. Yeah. yeah, but it really annoyed me, and it actually was counterproductive to my <laughs> to my yeah. healing. Uh-huh. So sometimes just being there for somebody with your mouth shut and and just letting them know you care. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people are doing that to me. I th- I've always done that for people. Now I've got people coming over they knew I had cancer and, oh. uh, it's funny. Cause when I pushed send on my manuscript to the publisher, mm-hmm. I had a weird premonition that something was going to happen. Wow. So when the doctor told me I had cancer, he said, I-, I noticed you didn't have any facial expression. I'm like, you know, I kind of almost anticipated something like this, which is weird, you know?
1: Yeah. I <laughs> so wonder if God was like. Uh something's coming down the pipeline. You're not gonna like it, but I've got, I've got your back here. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, and that's kind of how I felt too. Yeah, uh, and, and so in in that, um, I know a lot of people. So I've, I've I've worked with a lot of people, hundreds, maybe thousands of people, and I know they're all looking. And so I I know that if I can live live this outright, I can I could probably do more with my actions than I did with my words in a book, and that's kind of keeps mm-hmm. me. Moving forward in this. And as I told you right before we started, I just got some amazing news from my oncologist that I'm hovering around a remission point. Uh, And that makes me even happier, you know?
1: As, yeah. And you had said something just a little bit ago that sometimes the greatest tribulations and trials are what make the joy. And when you do have yeah. a great outcome, that much more amazing and exciting and joyful because now you've gone through the opposite end.
0: Yeah. I, I remember mm-hmm. watching when. Uh, Princess uh, Kate and William had their little baby. I told my wife, I feel sorry mm-hmm. for that baby. That baby will never experience anything negative. Every every move and everything it'll be given to him, and he won't understand mm-hmm. that working through something builds strength and builds mindset. You know, and if you just give something to everybody, you enable them to be really a an emotional mess down the road. And so, yeah. I, I if you put pain and grief in a proper perspective, it. I like to say this to people: wonder if this isn't happening to you it's happening for you that changes the whole mindset you know
1: yeah, my mentor used to say that all the time. Yep. And when you're going through the difficulties, like ah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I remember in my 20s, there was a gal I met, and she had come from a very wealthy family, and she had everything she could need and want, and an amazing trust fund, so she could literally go out and like one of the biggest excuses people use oh, is, "I'll go and do that someday when I have enough money." Yeah. Um, but for her, that wasn't an issue. She had the trust fund that had plenty of money. She could do whatever she wanted, but had never seen a more miserable person. Absolutely. And I, used to, in my head, I was jealous going, well, let us switch places. <laughs> I will find plenty of things to not yeah. be bored. But that's just what you were talking about because her life had always been so easy. She had no way to find out who am I? What are my gifts I have to offer? I've never even, even delved into them.
0: Mm-hmm. Or even life presents problems, and she had no way to process problems. You know, mm-hmm. if you can yeah. always pay your way out of something, you're not learning the lesson. In in my one of the chapters of the book, I talk about reframing, which is if you change mm-hmm. the the definition of something, you change the emotions that go with it. I mean, it's all through the Bible too. You see mm-hmm. uh, evidences of that. But so I looked at this like one day I'll turn around and say I'm, I'm thankful I had cancer because. And then I'll be able to say, you know, no one says that. and means like, well, I'm glad I had cancer, but it served a purpose. Mm-hmm. It's been like a college course all over to me. Like I, I train people and I do stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm really on the learning end again, which is exciting. You know, it really is exciting.
1: It is. That's amazing. And yeah. you know, I like that you mentioned how, Important positivity is I. I we had a guest many years ago who had been burned over 85 percent of his body, oh, and he said what was amazing to me is that the guy who had been at my job site with me he also got burned the same I think 75 percent, mm. but he was so negative uh, sitting you know laying next to me we're in two beds next to each other and he kept complaining oh life is you know just complain 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 really dark outlook. Well, he didn't heal he kept getting worse and worse and he ultimately died where yeah, the guy yeah. who thank god was able to make it to our show and and talk about his amazing story actually he said i recovered way quicker than doctors ever anticipated and had a recovery that they didn't even anticipate you know i was able to yeah. walk and and whatever but i really attribute that and he does too to his staying super positive
0: yeah and and like I feel sorry for some people that I coach because I'm really hard when it comes to words because words mean mm-hmm. something, and so mm-hmm. I'll always correct it. When, when a word has an idea of being negative, uh, mm-hmm. there's a young man who's suffering with anxiety, and he said, "Wonder if wonder if I have an anxiety attack today." I go, just by the fact that you said that out loud, you've increased by eighty percent your chance of having it. Wonder if you mm-hmm. said, "If I have a a panic attack today, I'm going to do this," and I'm going to be well. That sounds more powerful. Of course, it does. Yeah. Same yeah. scenario. But it's it's the words that that feed uh, one of my certifications is in NLP, neuro linguistic programming, mm-hmm. neuro linguistic, mm-hmm. how I can talk to to my, you know, and handle yeah. stuff and rearrange things in my head. And mm-hmm. I'd, I'd much rather be positive than negative, even if it doesn't uh, work out. Uh, some people are negative on per- mm-hmm. because they've been hurt in the past. And so they're negative. They don't really want to be They're already. They're just preparing themselves in case it's bad. Oh, but when yeah. things work out, like look what you tortured yourself with, you know. So even with cancer, like it took a couple days to get myself in the in the right frame of mind, and mm-hmm. and then I'm like, okay, we're on, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and then somebody said, well, well, you went through the death of two kids. Did that make this easier? No, it, they're all individual. You know, it's it's not sequential. It's yeah, individual uh, incident. Yeah. And so yeah. this is just a totally different incident, and I got to handle it in a in a totally different way.
1: Now, what would you say, Gary, to someone listening and they said, well, I, I don't think I'm negative, but they, they would say, my life sucks. Well, actually, that's kind of negative. How do they begin to get in touch with where are they negative perhaps in their life and kind of shifting that to being a more positive frame of mind, frame of mind?
0: So I have this exercise I give my clients called the interviewer. I have them give it to five or six people, some that are close to them and some they're just maybe uh, work with. And they're, they're hard questions. And so you you ask them do I do I come across negative or positive positive? and so when you get the input back you like so you've gained six of them out and six of them said you're negative you'd have to say hmm I think I may be negative and then I call <laughs> them on their words when they talk as soon as they say something I'm like that's a very negative statement can you say what you said in a positive way and we're starting to train them how to how to say something different you know I was taught this by my mentor so I used to work with guys uh, that were addicted to porn. And I would come into the class and I would say, how many days did you guys act out this week? You know, they'd go four. Then I kept Mm -hmm. realizing, like, we're starting the class from a negative point of view. So I I went in and said, how many days did you not act out? Three. Mm -hmm. Well, it's really the same answer. Yeah. But it's a different outlook. It's a different. We put ourselves in a positive framework now, not a negative one. So it's important. It's important in the grief process.
1: Yeah, certainly. Now, what I've heard that there's different levels to grief. That isn't just one thing. That there's different stages. Um, could you share that with our audience?
0: Yeah, uh, and, and that comes with with some of the myths surrounding grief. Um, mm-hmm. And I think probably as a good preamble, you have to realize where the myths start. It's like we how we <laughs> grieve is based on how grief was modeled in your family. You know, how did your mom and dad grieve? How did you watch people close to you grieve? It what's modeled to you makes a difference. Sometimes it's just cultural. Like I, I have mm-hmm. a German friend and I've been to Ukraine and that Eastern Bloc kind of mm-hmm. people that they're tough as nails. They do not show emotion. That doesn't mean it's well, not going on in here, but yeah, they grieve. Yeah. You never know they're grieving. Mm. Uh, so someone said grief is situational, which, you know what, when you're, when you have a child that died, that's a level 10. In fact, as you were talking about grief, they said the worst grief to have is a spouse losing another spouse. The second one is a parent losing a child. Cause that's just not natural, mm-hmm. you know, Somewhere along the continuum of life, a child will bury their parents, but a parent's not supposed to bury their child. Mm-hmm. So when you lose a child, that's a, that's a level 10. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, you come home and you find out your wife left with the next door neighbor. If you've never had much grief, that's a level 10 to you, you know. And so you can't quantify grief, but the process yeah. is the same no matter what, what the power of the incident is. And so mm-hmm. uh, I try to have people process out loud because they'll always, they'll always say this. You know, I don't know. Uh, one of the guys I was working with, I said, why do you think you can't keep a relationship? And he said, I don't know. And I said, if you did know, what do you think the answer would be? And he said, I drink too much. I'm like, see, you knew. <laughs> Deep down, people know. that you oh know my God. you're God. You know when you're depressed, but your language is, I don't know, because that way you don't have to deal with it. You know,
1: interesting. You know, my mentor always says that when I'm kind of stuck in what's the next step. He's like, But if you knew what the next step was, what would I was like? (laughs)
0: You know what? And you come up with something, I'll bet. You know, (laughs) most of the
1: time. Yeah. Sometimes you're you're a little stuck. Yeah. And
0: and then when they say it, I use my favorite Dr. Phil line. When they say it, I'll say, Did your ears hear what your mouth just said? Because (sighs) you gave yourself the right answer. You know, so good coaching and, and counseling is just being a good listener and driving them to the point where they have self-discovery, not me answering all their questions, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. you want to get to a point where they can look within themselves and find the answer they need to move forward. Uh, because well, this... we can't
0: be with them 24-7, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I can't be with my yeah. mentor 24-7 either. But I think they're very important. And if you are going through a stage of grief, I, I suggest go out there today and get a little white casket today. It's an international bestseller in five categories, six countries. Well, you want to help. And maybe uh, are you working with anyone right now? If they want to work with you, how could they do that?
0: Oh yes, in fact, in fact, at the end of the book, or i, I don't know if in your show notes you'll give my uh, numacoach.com. Mm-hmm. If you, I—I I work with a lot of people. We have Zoom. I work with people in New York and mm-hmm. uh, Chicago, and I—I love to work through, through stuff with people. I, I mean, I—it's the purpose of my life to to help people go from here to here. So, mm-hmm. someone said, "Is that how you reframe the death of your two daughters?" I said, "I don't—I don't know that I have an answer to that, but it's made mm-hmm. me a different person, and it's made me compassionate. now." When I meet a person who's a jerk, <laughs> I don't necessarily say that. My thought is, he didn't get up this morning and say, how can I be a jerk? So I'm like, what's going on in this person's life? There's yeah. a cause and effect here. And mm-hmm. so I look past the jerkness and I try to try to zero in and try to say, how can I help this guy get here? So I'd love to do that. Numacoach.com, And uh, you, you email me and I'll email you back. We'll have a conversation. I have certain packages to help you work through. It's not just grief, but uh, I do a lot of marriage counseling. Uh, personal development. So I'd love to just help anyone who uh, hits NumaCoach.com.
1: Awesome. I know I put another one there beneath your name, garyhowell.com, but I'll also make sure to add yes. Numacoach.com is my
0: email. And, and that's the website that has my, uh, it'll have my uh, address on there as well.
1: Wonderful. Now, can they buy your book directly on your website? Yeah, or They can where- do it
0: on Amazon, in Kindle or hard copy. Yeah, in fact, I find that interesting. Like, I think mm. right now it's best selling in Australia. I've never been to Australia. I don't know anybody in Australia. Yes. Apparently, there's a lot of grieving people in Australia. And right now,
1: um, I, I can now, imagine to a few. Now,
0: seen- <laughs> yeah, can imagine now. So it was weird because I—that's what I love about best selling publishers. They—I was writing the book, and I remember thinking, is "This is not what the world need. One more book on grieving." And I told him that. He said, "Look where we're at. We're in COVID. Mm-hmm. People are dying." He goes, "Maybe this book is more necessary now than ever." And I'm like, "Thank you for changing the." the uh, reframing this for me, you know, don't, I don't like when people use my own stuff on me, but that was good for me. <laughs> you know, that was good for me. Yeah.
1: No, no, I get that. Yeah. And you, sometimes you need to be reminded that, Absolutely. uh, you know, there's people out there who are different stages and need the information you might've gone through already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, I just have to thank you again, Gary, how well right. for coming to savvy broadcasting to share your great wisdom today. I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you
0: for the opportunity. I, I really do appreciate it.
1: You betcha. Take care. Oh,
0: okay. righty. We'll see you later.